Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Oh, no. 
Christ. Amen. Amen. You may go back to your seats. Let's turn to our Bibles. Uh, Romans. I think, my brother, let's rather start from 14. One four, Romans seven, from verse fourteen. Has it been found? It reads in this manner: For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the, the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which, that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? 
I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God. So But with the flesh, the law of sin. But with the flesh, the law of sin. 8.1. Carry on. Verse 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh. Who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit. As we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. As mortals, we have bowed our heads from the dust whence we came from, and which someday we may return back to. And Heavenly Father, help us to be very sincere. In our gathering here. Yes. Because it is a preparation for us to evade the day of judgment. Yes. And Lord, may you speak this morning not out of the honor of a man, Hallelujah. but of a, an honor for your people. Amen. They are here not to hear the excellency of speech. But they're here, dear God, to hear the unadulterated word of the living God. Because it is our hope in this hour. I pray for everyone, a man, a woman, a young girl, a young man. May you be gracious to them as you anoint the scripture, dear God. All these things we ask them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you. As you take your seats. All right. I see the mother to Pastor Msiza there. Msiza. Amen. Oh, no, Brampanian is not. that Sister Stella. Amen. God bless Sister Stella. She looks exactly like the, ma- the younger sister to Pastor Masangu. Amen. Just a round of applause for Pastor. Yeah, we, there is a twin, you've got a twin sister in Siawusa. She looks exactly like you, my sister. Brother Mbanyana was telling me, saying, no, that is the mother to uh, Brother Msizi. So when I'm here, I'm looking, I say, hey, that's her. But now I realize, no, that's Sister Stella. Amen. You know that there is somebody that looks like you somewhere. You just hope they don't owe people money. (laughs) Amen. So, how many appreciate the Lord this morning? This morning, I want to speak on how can we overcome. That's what I want to speak about. How can we overcome? Or how can we be overcomers? Because, you know, a Christian is the only being here on earth that is in the battle. Uh, Other beings, they have just uh, surrendered themselves to 
whatever direction the wind blows in, they blow that direction. But the Christian is the one that sometimes would want to go against the current. Things are going this way, a Christian goes that way. Are you with me? How many believe a Christian doesn't go with the flow? An unbeliever goes with the flow, but a Christian goes against the tide. A Christian goes against the flow. That's why he's the one that we can address with this subject and say, how can we overcome? Are you with me this morning? Uh, If we speak about overcoming, it means we are in a battle. And in a battle, there are overcomers and there are those that are defeated. But this morning, we want to help you so that you become not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. Because that's the promise that he has made us more than a conqueror. A Christian is a, is a, is a being, the only being that has trials. Uh, hallelujah. You, you know, there are people that just have problems, but a Christian doesn't have problems, he's got a trial. I, I, I hope we are together. If an unbeliever speaks about a problem, it's a problem. But to a believer, a problem is not a problem. A problem is a trial. Why we call it a trial is because you must overcome in your trial. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to people that have gone through trials? Am I preaching to people that some of you are going through trials? And how many in this building have realized that sometimes as someone can be preached this year and years go by and maybe four to five years down the line, you meet something, then you remember that, my, my, the Lord spoke about this five years ago. And, and look where I am here. That's what we call a prophetic ministry in a sense that God prepares you for things that are yet to take place. That's why when you are in church, you must never say the service is for somebody. The service is for you as an individual. You may not be going through what is being spoken about, but one day you will go through what we are speaking about. And you had much better be prepared. It is a joy to see a believer overcoming. I say it is a joy to see a believer overcoming. Because a victory of one believer uh, gives birth to a victory of another believer. And sometimes it's unfortunate that sometimes even the defeat of a believer can result in the defeat of others. That's why Brother Brenham says, how you live can prevent somebody from getting healed. That means you are defeated and now you are blocking a channel through which God can answer prayers. Are you with me? The greatest gift that you can give to your fellow believers is a clean life. Uh, Did you hear me on that one? It's a gift to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Before preaching, before singing, give us the gift of life. Of a clean life. Because through your clean life, God is going to work from there. 
and through your unclean life, the devil is going to work from there. Are you with me? Now, you know, uh, uh, we just read here, I think Paul, uh, you know, I like, I like God's messengers. Uh, because with God's messengers, you, you find sincerity. You, you know, you, you, do you hear how Paul is speaking here? That uh, I want to do good, but I end up doing evil. Because there is two laws warring within me. Are you with me? Uh, do you hear? It's not a, another brother. It's Paul speaking that. If it's another brother, they will say this brother is not spiritual. Because what makes the Christianity to be of none effect today, we want to impress one another. And in doing so, we lack sincerity. Are you, are you with me? We are all going through temptations in the building. I say we are all going through temptations in the building. We have all told lies at some point in time. Uh, is there anyone that has never told a lie? God bless you. Amen. That's, that's what I like. Paul wasn't speaking about another brother. Paul was speaking based on personal observation. And he knew that this, sometimes I want to go this way, but I end up going that way. And it was not a justification for a sinful life. Actually, Paul was, was, was showing you his journey, personal journey as a Christian. That this is a battle, this is a battle, this is a battle. But later, towards the end, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. He, he, he was telling you that if I try it on my own, I plan to go this way, but I end up going that way. But later he says, it's not me living, it's Christ in me living. You, you see, well, brethren, without Jesus Christ, you will never overcome. Jesus Christ is the key of victory. Not, not a church, not a pastor, not a ministry, but Jesus Christ is the key to the ministry. And through him, you overcome. Are you with me, folks? But have we all had evil thoughts in our mind? If you have not had, God bless you. You are an angel. You don't need to sing Amazing Grace. Are you with me? How many have ever felt we fall short of the glory of God? Uh, the other time, you know, there are uh, uh, ministers that don't understand things. They were somewhere in the mid-90s. Uh, there was a minister that came and was preaching in a convention, and it was such a wonderful time. And later after, he, he said, and he was preaching, he had a series on birthright. And after he preached, it was such a marvelous message. And he said towards the end, he says, everybody that would want to make their lives right, may they come to the altar. Uh, I think in that hall, we must have been... Uh, almost, if I'm not mistaken, over almost 2,000. And almost half of the hall was at the altar. Now, after the conference, ministers that were there, their sermons were saying, some of you, you were there at the altar, we have never seen you coming to the deacons to confess. Uh, now, then I realized that this minister, he thinks that when a person is at the altar... To him, he sees a murderer, a daughter. Sometimes we come to the altar not because of what we have done, 
but because of what we have not done. And say, Lord, I should have read the Bible more. I should have prayed more. I should have thought about my brother right, but I didn't think of him right. I'm here at the altar. Are you, are you with me? You, you, you have to be mature. I hope we are together. That's why some people hate altar call because they don't understand. Brother Brennan says, and certain things when I say them, you must understand the context. We, we, we lost a, a lot of things in the ministry because of lack of context. There's a sister that texted that sent me an email what is it last week. And she said, Pastor, the, I, I'm, I'm in need. And I was thinking of going for a fast. Is a fast allowed? Is not in this assembly. Now, when she asked me that, I understood that her problem was not a problem, a personal problem. It was a crisis of theology yeah. in the message. Because why? Maybe she has been taught... Uh, we, you are under the third pool, you speak the weight, you move forward. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, the devil, will, the, the devil will, will shake you with your gymnastics. You, be, before you speak the weight and move forward, there are certain things that must happen in the background. Uh, are, you, are you hearing me? Brother Brenham, right, and I've searched, right until the late 65, even before he could be taken home, there are times and say, church, don't be amazed that I've lost much of weight. I was on a fast for this meeting. Uh, Are you with me? I'm talking about after 1963, because some people think after 1963, we don't pray anymore. Brother, the devil will ambush you. We still spend time in prayer. And if needs be, we go on a fast. Because a fast is to, is to deny the body and elevate the spirit. But you don't become fanatical about it and say, I fast for 40 days. Brother Brenham recommends that it must not be for more than three days. Are you hearing me, folks? Are you hearing me? Somebody thinks you can just, after you've eight conflicts, you can just stand up and speak the weight. Hey, brother. It takes a discipline. It takes consecration. It takes a, a, a repentance. It takes you to be connected to the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. And message believers don't pray anymore. He has never read the Bible. He has never read the, the spoken word, has never listened to the tape, has never prayed. But he said, brother, it's time for the third pool. I speak the word. You are a chance taker. I say you are a chance taker. And the devil is going to see through your bluff. A real servant of God. Brother, Brenham says, when the weakest of the weakest of Christians goes down on, on where, folks? On their knees. He said, the devil does what? He shakes. Brother, we want you on your knees. Sister, we want you on your knees. And when you stand up there, whatever you're going to... Oh, brother. Sister, brother Brenham, when he... The third pole, when it was manifested, he was... 
That's when Sister Mida had a, a tumor the size of an orange. He says, I was in prayer. Yes, Do you remember? Yes. I was in prayer. Amen. And I said, Lord, this is my wife. Yes. She has been an obedient wife. She has respected me. She has raised my children. Right there, after prayer, God said, stand up and speak the word. What, what, what came first? Prayer. I said, what came first? Yeah. I, I know you won't say amen because you don't pray anymore. Hey, folks, prayer is a man going to God. Yeah. Amen. Are, you, are you still with me here? Yeah. I don't want to ask you which one has fasted. Hey, you'll create a problem. <laughs> but context. Last week I mentioned that the laying of hands was Jewish tradition. is what Brother Brenham says. But you can't take it out and say, we no longer lay hands, it's a Jewish tradition. You must have a context because people are at different stages. Yes. Hallelujah. Some has got little faith, we lay hands upon them. Some has got a bigger faith, they speak the way. It depends where you are. Yes. Did you get me, folks? Yes. Always check the context. That's why I sent you the quote where Brother Brenham was speaking about discernment. And later I realized that somebody may say, ah, and confuse the weight of knowledge for discernment. Because I said, discernment can only be done by the prophet. Amen. Then later somebody, when he meets weight of knowledge, is going to be amazed and say, but the, the pastor said no discernment. Brother Brenham says, if you make me spend time with a man five minutes, I can tell you if they are Christians. Yeah. You know what is happening in the word of knowledge? <laughs> and there are times where people, somebody, God can anoint them to tell you that, ah, brother, you're not living right. Yeah. Is your life right? Until you get a conviction. What makes them to do that is God, but it's not discernment of the messianic sign. It's a gift in the local assembly. I hope I'm putting things positionally, folks. Are you with me? Amen. But I'm not on that. I said to that sister, I said, sister, if the bed is on you, you need it from the Lord, first, hear the quotations to guide you how to do it. And I said, may God grant you your heart's desire. Amen. Amen. Now, let's come here. He says... If you bring the next quotation, I'm going to rely on you, brother. He uh, says, how can I overcome? He says, we, we find... Let me drink water. There is a man that says, if you're on the pulpit, you drink water, you're not being used by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> then I told him that, hey, you must include the aircon as well and the fan. And everything, and later must include, you must not use even a handkerchief. People go overboard, fanaticism. How can I overcome? Paragraph 52. It says, we find here that God has always had overcomers. He has had overcomers in every age. There is always, every time, in every age that there has been on earth, 
God has always had somebody he could put his hands on as a witness in the earth. He has never, he has never been without a witness. Amen. Do you agree with him? Amen. He has never been without a witness. My shirt collar is a bit of problematic. Brother Mbayana Bram Travey at the convention, we're fixing it. My wife was fixing so if it goes funny, don't be afraid. But it's still a quality shirt. Amen. Um, no, I don't want you to concentrate on it. Amen. He could put his hands on as a witness in the earth. He has never been without a witness. Though sometimes just one. But somebody overcome now like the saints of the old. The, the, you see, God has always had overcomers in every age. And he calls those overcomers, he said, those are witnesses. A witness, Brother Brim said, is somebody that has got an eyewitness I, I account. I saw, I was there, I know. Hallelujah. Let's carry on, brother. He says in the message, how can I overcome paragraph 86? He says, not he that starts, he that finishes. Are you with? There are starters and there are finishers. And I hope you are not just a starter, but you are a finisher. Are you with me? Many Many started the race, but there is one finishing it. There will be many churches start, many groups of people. There will be one group finish. That's the overcomers. You know, have you ever seen Brother Dipadi? They would know in the marathons. In the marathons, you even find some of us, the, some, of, some of them that are like us. And the ones in the starting race that have got no experience, they are intimidating. You look at the sneakers, they look fleshy. You look, you look at the whole regalia, it looks like, my, my, here is a man that understands. And you look at how they make the movements there. You say, here is a winner, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you ever seen that? Brother, but have you ever seen that? The person will even do some push-ups and say, how does the push-up link up that we're going to run? <laughs> Hallelujah. But later the whistle goes off. And after the whistle goes off, you, you know, those that are experienced, they don't even run fast. They, they run so slow, it's like they are not going anywhere. Hey, but this one, yup, until it disappears from the crowd. Hallelujah. Uh, this one, they are not worried about that one. They are worried about their pace. They know their capacity. They, they know what they need to do. And they just carry it to their own pace. 15 or not 15, uh, 15 or 30 minutes into the race. That one that took off faster, you see him by the side of the road uh, drinking Coke. With good, with good sneakers with Adidas and Nike and so forth, done and dusted. Why? This, folks, it's not, he, it's not him that willeth or runneth. This is, you run it by the grace of God. 
all temas they know, Brother Mbanyana, you know, you, there are some that came into the message and found us and say, hey, Lenaman, you are lazy. This is the time. Brothers, uh, in no time, uh, we go and look for them. Go according to the pace of the Holy Ghost. I said, go according to the pace of the Holy Ghost. Then he says, let's carry on, brother. He says, overcome, I'm still going to get into the scripture here. Overcome means to recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. Overcome, over, overcoming, yes, it's prayer. Yes, it's reading the Bible. All those things. But when we say you have overcome, you can recognize the devil, not in some of the tricks, in every one of his tricks. Where you say, here is the devil. And you know why it needs a recognition? It's because the devil is going to come a flash. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you know the way it camouflage? That's why the, the military, you'll see how they dress. They, they wear something that looks like nature. So that they can camouflage in nature. So that they can ambush the enemy. Are you with me? Now, even the devil, they, there's never been a time where the devil will come and say, I'm the devil. Hallelujah. But a believer will recognize the devil. Even when the devil... Remember, when he presents himself, he presents himself like an angel of what? Uh, hallelujah. So a believer is not just after the angel, but it's after the angel that is approved by the weight. Because the devil can impersonate an angel. Are you, are you hearing me today? The, the devil can impersonate an angel. The devil can impersonate God. And you end up worshipping the devil thinking you're worshipping God. And the devil can, can have a church. This is where people find it difficult. The, the devil can have a church and can have ministers who are preaching from the Bible, but yet they are of the devil false anointed ones at the end time. Are we not seeing it in the end time? But, but a believer, because the believer is an overcomer, and what makes him an overcomer, he, you know, believers, and I hope you are like that, you're not just satisfied that I stood behind the pulpit and I read to the scripture, pre you, 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 you must have, you must be able to detect things spiritually. Are you with me? Say it's good, it's good, it's the, it's the gospel. But what about over here? What does the way? Because why? Your standard is not a pastor, it's the word of God. Yeah. Are you with me? And the word is the one that will expose the David. How many people in the building have ever had something that sounded right, that felt good, but in their heart they knew it's wrong? You know, Brother Ipadi, I once rejected a testimony. A man came to testify to a church that he used to travel with the Pope. 
and he was telling us how they operate because he was in Vatican. Everyone was there impressed. My wife was there. They were, all of them said, mm, mm. <laughs> But while the man is testifying, brother, buddy, I looked at the man's shoes. My, the shoes had seen a better life of their lives. So God began to say to me, if this man was with the Pope, where are the shoes that you used to wear when he was with the Pope? Because these ones have been way around. You're going to say, ah, he's carnal. He's talking about the Pope. He's looking at the shoes. It's God that pointed to me. Later, I was with my wife. I said, hey, did you see that man's shoes? Those shoes cannot go to Vatican. These are local shoes. And they've been local for a long time. Are you with me? People didn't want to talk to me about Later on, they realized that he was lying. He has never been to, to, to Rome. And when they told me, I said, I saw with the shoes. <laughs> Sometimes you, you, you have to observe. Are you with me? If I tell you that I was with Joe Biden, you're gonna, something is going to show, isn't it so? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> ah, you can blame me where you go home and say, that one is looking at the shoes. God showed me. Yeah, but there are preachers that have preached this message with worn-out shoes. I was blessed. I said, here is a man that has been with God. The shoes are torn, but his experience is not torn. But that one, God, God saw the testimony was so cheap that he's going to just not use the Holy Ghost, use the shoes to expose him. Are you with me? Now, to overcome is to recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. He's a specialist of tricks. He's got religious tricks. He's got financial tricks. He's got psychological tricks. Brother, every sphere of life, he's got tricks. But you don't need to, to, to study psychology to expose the David. You don't need to study theology to expose the David. You study this. This will expose the David anywhere, anytime. No matter how much is camouflage. Are you with me? He says, a lot of people say, there is no David. It's just a thought. Don't you believe that? There is a real David. He's just as real as you are or anybody. Maybe here, I want to go back. The other Wednesday I spoke, I said, I don't believe I can be in a church where there could be a witch and a brother can be baptized today and later say he's got a gift. And he points out that a sister that has been around in church for 20 years and says the sister is a witch. I don't say witches cannot go to church. They will go, but they will not last. <laughs> 
Did you hear me? <laughs> there was in Venda, we had a brother who was very effective in that area. He was a, a very, very effective evangelist. Uh, I forgot his name, but the name will come. Very effective. And there were three women that got baptized into that church. And they didn't last for a year. And later they confessed that the reason they joined the church, they wanted to bewitch the brother. But because our gospel is not a weak gospel, you cannot stay under it and remain the same. Within a year, they left the church. Are you hearing me? But if we can stay here for 20 years with a witch, I'm not having a problem with the witch anymore. I'm having a problem with you. How did they become comfortable with you for 20 years? They tell, let me tell you, even if you are a secret sinner in this church, you will not last. The, devil, the Holy Ghost will sniff you out. And the Holy Ghost will expose you. I said the Holy Ghost will expose you. Because we are not playing church here. We mean business. Some people are praying. Some people are in prayer. You will be exposed. Are you with me? Yeah. It says it's just as real as you are or anybody. A real David, you must recognize him real. You must know he's the David. Then the same time that you recognize him and, and know that he's the, a David and he's against you, then to overcome, you must recognize the, that the God in you is greater and mightier than he is. Amen. Than the one that, that's in you, that the one that's in you has already overcome him. And by his grace, you are more than a match for him. Amen. There is real overcoming when you recognize. So the recognition is when you recognize that he that is in you is greater than he that is against you. When you come to that recognition, the devil is defeated. But check something here. You must recognize the one not in the church, in you. Hallelujah. And we're going to get into some stuff. Let's carry on, brother. Next quotation. Brother Brown says in the message, perfect strength by perfect weaknesses, when he speaks about this conflict within Paul, he wants to do right, but he does wrong. He wants to do right, but he does wrong. He says, I've often said that the greatest enemy I got is William Brenham. Hallelujah. William Brenham was the greatest enemy to William Brenham. The greatest enemy that you have is yourself. Hallelujah. You are the problem. Hallelujah. He said, he's the one that gets in God's way. He's the one that gets lazy. He's the one that gets to a place somewhere where he thinks he can do something about it. 
When he does, that shows, that shoves God right out of the picture. But when I can get rid of that guy, when I can get to a place that is out of the way, then God can come over and do things that William Brenham knows nothing about. So over, if we're going to overcome, the first person that we must overcome is you. Hallelujah. Why? Paul says there is a battle. And that battle was between the carnal Paul and as well as the inward man. Are you still with me? But as somebody says, comes to Brother Brother and says, there are two dogs fighting in my head, a black one and a dog one. Which one is going to overcome? He says, the one that you feed most. And we are here in church this morning, not to impress one another, but this is a feeding zone. And we want to feed the inward man because the stronger he becomes, the weaker the carnal man. Let's tell the truth, folks. Stay out of, from away from church. You're going to see a problem with this guy. This guy is a problem. And the problem sometimes he thinks he's clever. Hallelujah. This guy is a, is a problem. He, this guy, I'm telling you about this guy. He always looks for an opportunity for sin. Because his nature is that of sin. Are you, are you hearing me? But I am glad there is another guy within this guy. And the message of the hour is here to activate the other guy within this guy. Ah, this guy, if you don't watch him, he, he even knows the latest songs in the world. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know. Hallelujah. Are you here, sisters, brothers? Even the latest dance moves, this guy knows. Somebody just sends you an invitation. There is a song, Munatim Blai. Those that don't know the Venek, it means pleasure kill me. Some of the quietest songs. Even in Zimizuko Nangiti. Who's that artist that, that Mutu? Hey, he gave message believers a problem in Zim, that one. His music as well. Somebody sends you a message. Maybe it's a, just a wedding invitation, but they've put this song as a background song. As soon as you open, you know, you have never been to a party, and I, but this guy immediately recognizes. And you just feel, he just feels good. <laughs> I know this guy, folks. And I've been a, a teenager. You know, when we were te- teenagers, we used to be picked up by, I mean, we'll get a taxi to go to school. Uh, brother, it will be blaring music. Hmm? But this guy, I doesn't care whether he was in church. All of a sudden, hmm. He say, hey, this guy, he, he must always be tamed. 
and you cannot tame him with any other thing. He must be tamed by the word. You, you can't tame me with your thinking by the way. He wants to look at filthy things. Tame him by the way. Uh, how many have realized the more you consume the word, the more the appetite of the things of the world drops. And when you don't consume the word, there is an uptake in the up- appetite of the things of the world. Are you with me, folks? And I've been a youngster. I know this guy. Brother Bram says, there is a control tower of the soul. One for the body, and each tower is wanting a caller for the needs of the other. So, if there is a tower in the spirit, it rings and will communicate to the needs. It says, let's carry on. Each one calls to the need for what the caller is calling for. It sends out a wave of warnings. For instance, the flesh first to satisfy the desires that's in the, in the body. And the spirit desires for the things that's in the soul. Desire is many times there is war one against the other. We find there what's a great what's a great trouble today that too many people try to live between the two desires. For one of them desires for the things of the earth, and the other desires the things of heaven. Now, but one will say, How can how can I exist? Between the two desires. Fulfill the desire of the world and fulfill the desire for heaven is not going to happen. Even psychology says if you stall far too long between two opinions, you may end up losing your mind. Are you not seeing why we are having mental health crisis? I'm not saying that is the only contributor. There are many factors. Some are bringing. Uh, people have gone through a lot of, but a bulk of it is because people do things that don't make them happy. Yeah. I was listening to, in KZN, Brother Lakewood, no, they call them Nkavi. Those are hit men. You get hired, pay them 40,000, they identify a person, and they go and kill that person. This guy was making a confession. He says, we, after we have done the deed, we go to church. He, says, he said, we pray more sincere than people that are in churches. Because we are, we, are, we are restless. You know why? It's because him, how many know the experiment of a frog where they increase the temperature? What do you call it? What? You did science. What do you call it? When there is an experiment where they would put a frog into the jar and they would, and the water will be there. But they will increase the temperature slowly. The, the frog doesn't feel that the temperature is increasing. By the time it realizes it's dead. Yeah. But they say, when you 
put it where the temperature is high. Immediately it drops in, then it jumps out. So what the devil is doing with Christianity, he has put them into a jar. But he doesn't increase the temperature abruptly. It's just increasing it gradually. By the time you realize you are dead. Are, are you hearing me? Let's get on, brother. It says, like Paul said, describes as in Romans 7, verse 21, when I will do good, the evil is near, nigh. When you try, did you ever have that, in, that inexperience, Christians? He says, that when you are trying to do something that's worthwhile, go to make an effort to do something that's good, then we will find out that there is the devil on every hand just to upset you. Everything that you... That's one good thing. I would like to say this. That the Christians might know that when you are starting to do something, and there is something always trying to upset you in doing it. Do it anyhow. That's the devil there trying to keep you from doing what's right. Uh, are you with me? I've seen these answers. People that normally would say, before I became a message believer, isn't it? things were going fine. And as soon as I believed, things went haywire. It's because you were not the enemy then, but now you are the enemy. But it doesn't mean things will always go wrong. You're going to overcome. And you're going to have a testimony. But here is a, an advice. If you want to do the right thing and there is something upsetting you, do it anyhow. Are you with me? Then it says in the next quotation, there's somewhere where I'm going. He says, you let a, a young convert come tonight to the altar somewhere here in the tavern, in this tabernacle and out across the nation. And just remember tomorrow, mother will be more angry than she ever was. Dad will be all upset and all the school kids. I've seen it. I've been a school kid and I've seen even in this church you find that we, there's a sister that we baptized here, and she loved the message. She came to church, but my, her parents were upset. What is this thing? Why are you dressed like that? Then I realized that these parents, they would rather have her coming back with teen pregnancy than coming home with a long dress. It is in the foolishness of the time. I was sharing with the brothers. Two gay men adopted two young boys. And they molested them. And they prostituted them. And made a fortune out of those two boys. But guess what? The world has gone quiet on it. But when a soccer player comes maybe to play a soccer match... And they are expected to wear a rainbow band 
which is an allegiance to the LGBTQ community. If he refuses, it will all be over the news. He refused to wear a band. But here are the crooks. Molested two boys. The world is shush about it. Hypocrisy. I say hypocrisy. And my question is, is the, a man and a man staying together, why did they see a need to have children? Are, are you with me? Actually, the problem is not with them. The problem is with those that allow them to adopt the children. But that's how twisted this world is. And when we speak, people don't want us to speak. They've, they've muted that. They don't want it to be spoken. But I'm glad there are people in America that say, uh, these ones, they deserve death sentence. Are you with me? That will be upset. And all the school kids and everything just goes wrong. Because it's Satan trying to get you to turn around. Young brother, young sister, when you want to live for God, things are going to be difficult. It's the devil because he doesn't want you to turn around your life. Avoid that and ignore the devil and keep on living right. Let's come. We're going to come, my brother, to this quotation, but let's go back to the scripture. Romans 8. Folks, if you have never read the Bible, go home and read Romans 8. It's the best love letter to the bride. Paul says, if you bring it on the soft way, let's read it together. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do you understand the gravity of this statement? Now, when you see in grammar, when you see the word therefore, it means you have stated your case. Hallelujah. It means on the basis of this. And how you want to understand the implication of the word therefore, you go back to Romans 8, where you say, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But he thanks the Lord Jesus Christ because he's having this constant battle between the good and the evil. But later he says, but I want to thank Jesus Christ because through him, I'm an overcomer. Then he comes, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation, not less condemnation, no condemnation. But this not condemnation, you don't just speak it, it must have a placement in Christ Jesus. Outside Christ Jesus, there is condemnation. But in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Oh, the devil doesn't want to hear that. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So the devil, when we are in Christ, he cannot put us on a guilt trip. We refuse to sign to be on that guilt trip. Why? Because we are forgiven. 
not only forgiven, but we are justified. And in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. That means you overcoming, you must find your position in Christ. Because in Christ, you've got positional victory. You don't defeat the devil anywhere, only in Christ. Who walk, not after the flesh, but after? The flesh is going to pull you this way. The spirit is going to pull you that way. Which way are you going to follow? And I like to think that when you came to church this morning, you were pulled by the spirit. And I say, Lord, to the same spirit that pulled them to church, may it pull them more into your way. Even on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, let them be pulled more and more into the way. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, let's read. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there is no neutrality. Either you operate under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or under the law of sin and death. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. And I want to explain what we mean when we say the law is weak through the flesh. You know, the law tells you smoking a drug is criminality. Even when you go and consume a drug, you know you are committing a criminal act. Are you with me? And when a police van drives past you, you hide because you know the law. But the same law that makes you to know what is not right doesn't help you to overcome. It just identifies that you are wrong. Are you with me? But grace identifies what is wrong and helps you to overcome it. I don't know whether did you catch what I'm saying here, folks. That's why we're going to carry on. It says God sending his own son in the likeness of, his, of sinful flesh. You're going to read with me so that you don't sleep. God sending his own son. In the likeness of his sinful flesh. And for sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. God wasn't just in heaven. He became a body of flesh and resembled the flesh of sin in order to condemn sin in the flesh. God would never expect you to do what he can't do. Verse 5. 
You'll bear with me. It's a Bible study. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. It does not mean we are not concerned about day-to-day life. Life. We still need clothes to wear. We still need food to, do, to eat. We still need a shelter to be under. Are you with me? But in pursuing those things, we are not governed by those things. Are you hearing me? That's why, and we're going to show the David that David, I can drive the same car model that a sinner can drive and not go where the sinners go. Did you hear me, folks? I don't say don't drive the car. I mean, the cars that are outside here, if I go and check, there are cars at the nightclub that were parked there on Friday. For them to drive their cars to a nightclub, they were let. And for you to drive your car here, you are let. One is controlled by the flesh, but another one by the spirit. Are you hearing me? We're going to dress. We're going to go and buy clothes. Because we need clothes. But we are not going to dress like them. Because we are not led by the flesh. We are led by the spirit. That means sister. A sinner can buy exactly the same dress that you are wearing. And you can buy the same dress. But the presentation will be different. Because one is motivated by the spirit. And another one by the flesh. Are you hearing me this morning? But if you are led by the flesh, folks, sometimes even how message believers dress these days, it's a shame. I say it is. It's a shame. Are you with me? And, and sometimes I always wonder, sisters that are well-dressed, they normally don't want to see. Is this ones that they don't want to dress right that love the mic? I'm preaching, folks. Because why? It's a... Oh, my. It's, it's a battle of spirits. And I've said it over virtual platform, and I must say it here while all of you are here, so that you must not say, he only says it on the screen. I want to say it here with love, with dedication. As you are pastor, that claims to love you, and that you claim to love. Let's not put pens on girl children. A Muslim child yeah. doesn't become a Muslim child a tertiary. Yeah. They become a Muslim child when? Yeah. And in kindergarten, have I lost half of the church already? 
and they become Muslim children away? Oh, are you here? Yeah. At birth, kindergarten, primary, high school. Let's do it like that, folks. Let's, let's influence them in the right place. You know why? You know why? Brother Prem said, if we don't lose, if we don't, if we don't retain them and win them before they are 21, it is difficult to win them after 21. Then before 21, let's do everything that we can to win them back to the Lord. Can the church say amen to that? It was set with love. For they, and I want to thank our singers here, and I have sent a text out, I appreciate how they dress. I say, my. I was telling my wife, I say, now we are ready to stream video to the whole world. Oh, we've always been ready. But I say, we are, we are ready. As soon as we finish the building, we, are, we will do it. Amen. And we, we should be starting in a two weeks' time. You might see the foundation. Be careful. Amen. 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 And we can stream around the world. Let's see. Look. They know we sing, we sing well. That one, I say it with humility. We sing well, including me. We sing well. <laughs> Hallelujah. But let our singing be backed up by impeccable Tracy. Yeah. Uh, hallelujah. And I'm glad that our musicians are doing that. Can you give them a round of applause? Remove high heels. Remove what? I attended a, a parents' meeting at some school where my son is. And the way the principal, she's Catholic. She said, Parents, your children must never come here with short skirts. He said, your children must not come here with long nails. I almost stood up and said, Amen! I said, look at this Catholic woman in a school. She's saying what ministers in the message today are afraid to say. But I'm glad there will be ministers that are led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And the church shall say, Amen to those ministers. Are you with me? Amen. What that woman was saying to the parents, I can imagine if it was said in the message, there was one that was going to move on. Oh, this is legalistic. <laughs> Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life, not only love and peace. Are you looking for life? Be spiritually minded. Are you looking for peace? Be spiritually minded. I'm giving an antidote here. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. 
You can never serve God with a carnal mind. It always makes excuses. It never repents. There is always justification, rationalization. Uh, hallelujah. All fine sort of things. But a, a, a spiritual mind say, Lord, I want to be right with you. A spiritual mind is always looking in the mirror of the word. And if they see something that is not right, they say, Lord, help me fix it. If we are a church, and Brother Brennan says in this message, what that was though here, Elijah, he says if we ever get to a place where we think we've got nothing to repent of as church members, we're in a more serious condition than a sinner in the street. This morning we came here and said, Lord, whatever that is not right in my life, we are there like David of the old and say, Lord, search my heart. If you find something that is not right, take it out. Because my desire is to serve you. My desire is to please you. That's the ultimate goal why we are here. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. For it is not subject. I hope sugar level is not dropping. For it is not subject. To the law of God. Neither indeed can be. You can't make it to be subject to the law of God. Eight. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't please God when you operate in the flesh realm. You can't please God when you are led by the flesh. And hear me out here, a lot of people misinterpret. I don't say when you are not led by the flesh, then you just leave yourself, you don't bath, you don't comb, and, you, eh? and then you become stinky and they say, I'm not led by the flesh. Nonsense! There must be a balance. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Are you, are you with me? We know in the, yes, in the early years, people took this and twisted it out and made it to be what it is not. A believer is always clean. Isn't so? You comb your hair nicely. You are a believer. Uh, Are you with me? A brother with nice cut. You are a believer. You look presentable. Hallelujah. Verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Are you with me? Without the Holy Ghost, you have no part with him. That's why it is, and I'm going to read the quotation towards the end, it is absolutely necessary, essential, absolutely important that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because you know why? The Holy Ghost, a deacon cannot be with you 24 hours. A pastor cannot be with you 24 hours. But the Holy Ghost, the inside teacher, can be with you for 24 hours. And the Holy Ghost will make you make right decisions. 
B, are you still with me? Verse 10. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That means if the head resurrected, the body will resurrect. That means if the head is not condemned, the body will not be condemned. That means if the head is justified, the body will... Whatever applies to the head applies to the body. Are you hearing me? That's why make sure Christ is in you. And make sure that you are in Christ because there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Are you with me? But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, The word mortify, it means to subdue. It doesn't mean the flesh. It doesn't mean when you accept the Lord and the Lord is in you, the flesh is dormant. It's still a flesh. Are you with me? I've seen, you know, I've been in marketing. And the devil is very clever. You know, there is, I saw a few adverts, even on posters, where they say, Savannah, 0% alcohol. Have you seen it? Heineken, 0% alcohol. And some brothers are beginning to have those things in their coolers. And they say, it's 0%. You, you know why? They've got an appetite for that one, but they are condemned to want to get it, but they want to live between two desires. Why can't you just buy cream soda? Why must it be Savannah 0%? Let me know this. Brethren, if you can come into my house and you find the fridge full of savanna, brother, my brother, it's 0%, brother. Are you going to say, oh, God have mercy on the pastor? Can you say amen? amen? Do you see those things, folks? The devil is clever. 
And those that have drunk that one, I asked another one is not a believer. He says, although it's zero percent, but it makes you happy. And I look for a one production manager and say, is it zero percent? He say it's zero, but there is a bit of it, but it's not too much. Do you see, how, do you see what the devil is doing? No wonder the Bible says, shun the appearance of evil. Shun what? And flee away. To mortify, to subdue. When you, when you subdue something, that means this thing is wrestling. It wants to move this, but you, you subdue it. You must subdue this flesh. But you can't do it with your own strength. The spirit will subdue it. And once it is subdued, you shall leave. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Are you still with me? Yes. Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Brother, I think here, if I don't jump on my notes, I'll start a new sermon when I, I, I am going to read the whole thing. But there is a quotation that I am going to need, but it's not sequential because I'm all over the place this morning. But it is in, who is this Melchizedek, brother? I think it will be where we left off. You jumped almost three slides, two slides rather. It begins with, it begins with uh, paragraph 71. It says, but look, when this body received the spirit of God. There it is. Brother Bum says, but look, when this body... I'm talking about subduing the flesh. But look, when this body received the spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you, it throws the body, this body in subjection to God. He says, hallelujah. He that's born of God does not commit sin. He cannot sin. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. They walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There you are. That throws your body subject. A believer is somebody whose body is under subjection. And an unbeliever is somebody whose body has gone wild. Let's get on with that quotation, the next one. He says, you don't have to say, oh, if I could just quit drinking, if I could just, just get in Christ. A lot of times, I like it, I think it was Brother, brother George who was telling me, he said, look, Brother Mariva, I don't clean the fish while it is still in the water. I catch the fish first, then thereafter I clean it. So you don't tell a person, stop drinking. Folks, even you that recently got baptized, don't worry. 
There are many things that you don't know, but in the process of time, you will find out. You are still crawling. Don't try to walk while you are still crawling. But here is a danger. Here is a danger. You find somebody is in the message for 15 years, they are still crawling. And another one comes yesterday, she is crawling. She looks at the one that has been around for 15 years and she thinks the crawling is maturity. No, the standard must be the weight. But you will find mature sisters and mature brothers that have been around and they will guide you. And you'll find others that we are still trying to help. Just get into Christ and it's all gone. See, because your body is like a brother. They told him before they baptized him, quit your smoking. From today on, don't smoke at all. Tomorrow we are baptizing you. They baptized him. After two weeks, he was somewhere. He's busy smoking his cigarette. Matt, then he sees a brother in front. Then he swallowed the cigarette. <laughs> well, the brother is greeting him. The smoke is coming out of his mouth. You know why? He's trying to make it by effort. Are you, are you hearing me? Just get in Christ. And it's all gone. See? See, because your body is subject to the spirit. Is no more subject to the things of the world. They are dead. They are dead. Your sins are buried in baptism. And you are a new creation in Christ. And your body becoming subject to the spirit. Try to live a right kind of life. That's why after the baptism, your conscience gets activated. Even when you do things that are not right, you get condemnation. Are you with me? Brother, let's go back to our scripture. We're going to come back this side. Where were we in the scripture? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The reason we cry, Father, is because we have got the DNA of the Father. It's by birth. We don't join. We are born into it. If you join, you will just join. But if you are born into it, you can't leave. Have you ever left your family? Because you are born into it. Even if they upset you, they are your people. By birth. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That we are the children of the, so, so it must not just be your spirit saying I'm a child of God. The spirit must bear record with your spirit that you are a child of God. Amen. Remember I spoke about how God gives, removes the heart of stone and gives you the heart of flesh. And in the middle of the heart of flesh, then he gives you a new spirit. 
And brother say a lot of people think your new spirit is the Holy Spirit. He says it's just a new attitude. But he says after he gave you a new spirit, then he places his spirit in your spirit. So that's why this spirit must bear record with a spirit, your spirit, that you are a child of God. Verse 17. If children then heirs and heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in heaven. In us. Are you with me? That glory is already in you. That's why Brahma say, whatever you need for the journey, it's already in you. Rapture is in you. Divine healing is in you. Everything that you need is already in you. But he said the sufferings of the present moment cannot be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creature Waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. What is the manifestations of the sons of God when they come into adoption time? When their signature on the checkbook is the same as the father. When whatever they say like Adam is he named animals and God said amen. This money sons, whatever they say, heaven backs up their ways. Are you still with me? Nature is groaning and wailing and about that, that the sons of God must be manifested. And what ministry is going to make them to be manifested? The end time ministry. Verse 20. For the creator was made subject to vanity. Not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected to the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wait the redemption of our body. Because you are redeemed in the spirit, but your body is not redeemed. That's why I say it needs to be subdued. That's why 
You can hug sisters. You can hug your cousins. Yeah. I don't care how you say we grew up. You can't hug your cousins. Are you with me? And sisters, these drunk uncles that would want to kiss you at family gatherings, push them away. Those are a bunch of perverts. The handshake is enough. Are you with me, folks? Because this body. And I wish we could go and preach to the Pentecostal, because there, men are struggling. Young boys are just kissing their wives and hugging them. A bunch of nonsense. It's a holy kiss. Hmm? Here in the message, there's a holy distance between an unmarried brother and an unmarried sister. There is a what? Here we don't want boys and girls to run around. Here you can't tell us you are a friend. A brother is your friend. Nonsense. Hmm? A cat and a mouse is friends. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of what? Time. The cat must be there. The mouse must be there. I don't believe the church is a social gathering. No, it's a holy place. It's where we mean business. Are you with me? That's why we want when our boys marry, they're dignified. We want when our girls are married, they are dignified. There is no nyaga nyaga. We want dignity. And we subscribe to dignity. Because, and, and sometimes the quality of young people shows the character of the church. In some places, I'm told, when there is conference, boys are drinking wine under the tree. By the time they come second service, they are half drunk. In message churches, here we'll kick you out. We've got deacons that will sort you out. We need you to be sober. It's not a playground here. Uh, we've got people like Sister Madino. That woman is 80 years old. And I just discovered she didn't want to bother anyone. Most of the time, she just takes a taxi to come to church at 80 years. You, so you want her to come at 80 years after she's lived this law for some young renegade to say we are social. Never! You have to respect our faith. And if you don't respect it, stay at home. You'll come later. Can I get an amen on that one? That one starts even with my boys. Because pastors, children, they are the ones that corrupt the church sometimes. Yes, I'm preaching. Pastors, children, sometimes they can be dangerous to the church. If they are not in line, the rest of young people say, 100. If the pastor's child. Are you with me, folks? I don't say our children are not going to go through challenges. They're going to go there. But we're going to support them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to guide. We're going to show them this is wrong, but this is right. This is, because why? We are, guided. we are guiding. 
But we're not going to just sit and where they come to church drunk and we say, oh, what can we do? No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That I refuse. Can the church say amen to that? Amen. I know young people never say, hey, the pastor is high. You will thank me when you are older. That's when they say, we thank God that we... How many of you had teachers that were really, really strict? We haven't had a teacher yet. How many have had teachers that were strict? And how many thank those teachers today? And how many of you thought that they were the devils when they were strict? But look how you turned out. You are now a responsible being because somebody was firm. And even spiritually, you need a, you know, I don't worry so much. You know, when I say something is not allowed and young people run somewhere where it is allowed, I don't worry. The day they grow up, (laughs) you know, if we can bring the young ones that are brothers, if you want a sister, you pick up, you can have relationship, it's not a problem, let's carry on. They're going to love, this church will be full of young people, eh? they will love us. But guess what? The day they grow older, and they are married, they're the first one to say, we can't raise our children in this church. Why? By that time, they understand the repercussions. When they were young, it was nice, but now they are older. Because Paul says, when I was young, I spoke like a young person, but now I'm older, with experience, you talk different. Can I get an Amen. A pastor, George Martin, once gave me an advice and said, when you are a minister, Brother Madiba, make sure your church doesn't become a scriptural scrapyard. You know, you've got a Mercedes-Benz dealership, but somewhere there is a scrapyard. And the day they fixed the car at the scrapyard, it moves back to be serviced at Mercedes-Benz. Are you, do you hear what you are saying without saying it? And I took that advice. That here we need new creatures. Because it's a dealership of new creatures. Not a scrapyard. Scrapyard is where a car has been rejected. And they say, I pull it over there. Are you hearing me? You'll understand me on your way home, some of you. Verse 24. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is sin is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Verse 25. And if we hope for that we see not, Then do we then do we with patience wait for it? Then do we with patience wait for it? Then it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself. Maketh intercession for us 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. Have you ever been bothered but you don't know how to ask for it? God, the Spirit hears it and the Spirit can make an intercession on your behalf on the things that you cannot utter. 27. He that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Does it say some things or all things? Whatever you go through, it worketh for good. Whatever you have gone through, it worketh for good. Whatever you will go through, it worketh for good. Everything that happens in a believer's life was permitted by God for a reason. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. He's going to predestination. That he might be the firstborn among many, many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, he, them he also glorified. What the verse simply says, brother, people say, it's a done deal. He says, your glorified body is in the building right now. Are you with me? So, whatever, you are looking to be glorified, but God sees you as glorified now. It's already done deal. Verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the church of God's elect? It is God that justifies. 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yeah, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? 
35. This is a punchline now. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? If you're observant, we started the chapter by saying there is no condemnation and we are ending the chapter with there is no separation. Are you, do you hear what I'm saying? Once you are in Christ, you are not condemned. And once you are in Christ, there is nothing that can separate you from Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sought? Hallelujah. As it is written. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Then Paul carries on, verse 37. Nay, in all these things, in persecution, in distress, in famine, in whatever, in all these things, uh, we are more than. Come on, Paul. Not just conquerors. Why are you putting we are more than? We are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Once you have identified your position in Christ, nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. Verse 38. For I am persuaded. You know, persuasion, it means, I'm not saying this non-talently. I'm saying this after observation. And based on what I've observed, I am persuaded that neither death. Are you here, brethren? I am persuaded that neither death, no life, no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come, no height, no depth, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Not just anywhere, which is in Christ Jesus. A position of a believer is in Christ Jesus. Once you are there, nothing will separate you. Can somebody say amen to that? Last quotation. I'm now going to release you. Some I made you read the Bible for the whole year now. Brother, there is a message. Where are we? Thought I had it here. And the message, what is the Holy Ghost given for? It's the last slide. We have jumped so many slides because I wanted to go through that Bible. 
patient. Brother Ben says, and remember, it is absolutely, now to you people, it is absolutely essential and necessary and compelling and compulsory that you receive the Holy Ghost now. For if you don't, you can't come up in the resurrection. Now watch. God cannot break his laws. We know that he follows his laws. And by so doing, I say, let us follow the law of the Spirit, which is life in Christ. And let us subdue the law of death and flesh, which is the law of sin. And when we do that, we will live eternally. God bless you, Rishi. How many loved this Romans 8? How many will read it one more time at home? It's a beautiful scripture. As we stand to our feet.
I like it when it says do it some other time. Give us another worshiping song, Brother Ripadi will wrap up in prayer for us.
our dear Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you for this special day that you have given us. Father, to know that when we are in Christ, Lord, we are the overcomers, Lord. Thank you for the message today, Heavenly Father. It has really indeed, Heavenly Father, strengthened us, Heavenly Father. It has taken up to higher heights, Heavenly Father. Now we can just flip the wings, Heavenly Father, and move away from the tricks of the devil, Heavenly Father. We deny him, we shame him, Heavenly Father. We say it doesn't belong to our cycle. Father, we are so privileged, Heavenly Father, to know these things, Heavenly Father, that you have predestinated before the foundation of the world. Here we are, Heavenly Father. Every knee, every tongue that confess we are Christ, that Heavenly Father shall heavenly father be blessed heavenly father father that's why we say heavenly father it was not our will it was not by our power but it is heavenly father grace that is shown unto us Mm. heavenly father while heavenly father you have given us heavenly father may we just hold on heavenly father may we just be subdued heavenly father to the power of the holy ghost heavenly father in everything that we do heavenly father may we be aware that heavenly father the holy ghost the person is sensitive, Heavenly Father. Exactly. He always wants good things, Heavenly mm. Father. Father, that's why we say, Father, we are thankful, Heavenly Father. We are really, Heavenly Father, thankful, Heavenly Father, to be here, Heavenly Father, and to hear such, Heavenly yes. Father. Father, there are those that have come, Heavenly Father, mm. weary, Heavenly Father, but Father, we just say, Heavenly Father, let them be that they are strengthened, Heavenly exactly. Father. We hear, we even, Heavenly Father, hear the testimony going forth, Heavenly yes. Father. You are God, you are still in the move, Heavenly Father. We can just say thank you, Heavenly Father. That's what we need, Heavenly Father. We are united, Heavenly Father, under this one baptism of the Spirit, Heavenly Father, which is the Holy Ghost, Father. Thankful, Heavenly Father, and continue to do wonders, Heavenly Father, in our lives, Heavenly Father, in our places of work, Heavenly Father, places of Heavenly Father, at school, Heavenly Father, our homes, Heavenly Father. We invite you, the person, Holy Ghost, Heavenly Father, to be with us, to guide us, to lead us, Heavenly Father. Father, we say, Heavenly Father, may you also bless, Heavenly Father, the plans, Heavenly Father, of this tabernacle, Heavenly Father. May they flourish, Heavenly Father. We say, Heavenly Father, let the hand of the devil do not come nearby, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, as we rebook it, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. Bless it, Heavenly Father. As you also bless our leader, Heavenly Father, our shepherd, Heavenly Father, Pastor Madiva, Heavenly Father. Continue, Heavenly Father, to give him strength, Heavenly Father. Give him more revelation, Heavenly Father. Give him that power, Heavenly Father, to lead, Heavenly Father, this tabernacle. So that one day, Heavenly Father, when, Heavenly Father, that whistle is blown, Heavenly Father, that trumpet, Heavenly Father, we shall make it, Heavenly Father. Those that are weak, Heavenly Father, may they be strengthened, Heavenly Father. Those that are still holding on, Heavenly Father, give them strength, Heavenly Father, to keep on holding on, Heavenly Father. We are thankful, Heavenly Father. Bless us as we are going to depart to different places, Heavenly Father. Be with us along the way, Heavenly Father. We commit all these things, Father. We are praying, believing in the powerful name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You know, the metric results were released. When was they released? Allah's Friday. On Thursday, I saw a school that achieved 0%. Now, I saw another one that achieved 28%. 
I realized those that achieved 0% and 28%, we didn't see the pictures of the principal. But the ones with 100%, the principal was on stage. And I was thinking, I said, oh, Lord, as the spiritual principals, as pastors, help us to achieve 100% in the rapture. So when we preach like this, we want when we get there to say, where's brother so so? Oh, it's over there. Where's sister so? Oh, it's over there. Um, we are all here. That's what we want to do. God bless you richly. Give us a song. Amen. Two songs and then you are dismissed. That's right.
So I found him with this big swollen leg. You see, what happened? So he just smiled. Then the others that were there were saying, eh, the Chiefs in the Pirates was playing. <laughs> so 
one of the strikers of his team was supposed to score, then he missed the ball. So the, you see this big wooden table, this man kicked it. <laughs> but when I look, the man is reserved. But I realize when you've got the spirit of the thing that you love, it has nothing to do with being reserved. Are you, are you with me? You, you can't be, in church you can't be like this. But mom and Chester tell you, oh, no, no, no. Oh, what's that one? Some people, they say men in church, they don't say much. But uh, watch men when their soccer teams are playing. But what about this team of Christ? That has, that has never lost a match. It's the one that needs us to holler at the top of our... Singing is not for sisters. Thank you so much, brothers. Even here, they, are, they need a uh, turn. If you want, you must come and help them. Singing is not for sisters. Singing is a God's ministry. Injalu. All right. Sing the last one. God bless you till I see you next week. Shalom.